You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us once again here at Grab Them by the Pod. I'm Kevin with Jesse, and as always, big week in Washington. We have some new people in the White House. We have some people that we love leaving. Uh, we have some people who may be leaving soon, but we're going to start off with what's happening. Uh, it's the big, big news of the day, if not the week, healthcare reform. Uh, it's been a lot of nonsense going on. So let's just quickly run down what's happened in the last few days. Uh, yesterday, the Senate took a procedural vote to advance the healthcare legislation. Basically, it was a vote to proceed to debate. Uh, meant that if it passed, we could still talk about it and maybe add some amendments. If it didn't pass, it was done. Uh, McConnell needed 50 votes to move forward, and that's exactly what he got. And guess what? VP Pence was sitting right there on hand to break the tie 51 to 50. Um, McCain actually came back. Uh, he was back home dealing with some medical issues to vote just for this and had a long speech about how procedural the procedural process on this bill was a mess, that it was being rammed through, that it was being discussed behind closed doors. They weren't using the process they should be using in committees, but it didn't matter to me because he just voted for it. Yeah. And as mentioned on last week's episode, and we talked about John McCain being home in Arizona and it was holding up the whole process and, and how uh, originally, it was said to just be a, a small procedure for a blood clot, and then it, reports were coming out that it could be something more serious, and as we all know, now it is brain cancer, but he made it back to Washington uh, to take part in this process, gave a very touching speech on the floor of the Senate, talking about bipartisanship, that we should be working to try to find a solution that's best for the American people, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um and then he, you know, he voted to move forward with the process, which some people were hoping he would would not. He did under the guise of let's actually get it out on the floor and debate and make this bill better uh, and hopefully pass something that's better. But we'll see what happens. There were two Republicans who didn't vote for it. One was Susan Collins from Maine. That was pretty much assumed that was going to happen. The other was Lisa Murkowski from Alaska. Uh, and of course, Trump attacked Murkowski today on Twitter. Um, to me, attacking your own party especially on Twitter, uh, isn't going to help get their vote for the next go-around. I mean, I understand he gets mad when people don't give him the loyalty he so really, so very much desires, but it just doesn't make any sense. You know, you get more you get more with honey than with, with vinegar. Is vinegar. that the, the saying? <laughs> sure is. Flies with honey than vinegar. Yeah. You know, it, it. you're right, Jess. Why would you turn on? You may disagree with the way particular members of Congress vote, but you can't turn on them, not certainly if you want them to vote your way in the future. This is not the last bill that's <laughs> going to come before the Senate or the House that the president's going to hope goes a certain way. And if you turn them off by your behavior and the way that you come out against them because they didn't vote the way you wanted them to, then you're never going to get them in the future. So today they had two more votes. They had a vote for a straight-up repeal and then for a repeal and replace. Both failed miserably. You had people like Dean Heller, John McCain, Lamar Alexander, Rob Portman. They they all voted against it. So I think it was 45 to 55 or something along those lines. So that is not good. They had three options out. Two of them are gone. Uh, what they're really going to try to push now is something they're calling the skinny repeal. It's kind of McConnell's last-minute backup plan, although, of course, no one has seen language on, on it yet because you know, why would we look at this? I'm sure they'll vote on it before anybody reads it. Of course, as as they want to do often in Washington. 
uh, sneak it through under the cover of darkness when no one actually knows what's in it. They love to make fun of Nancy Pelosi saying we have to read it to figure out what's in it, but then they go ahead and do the exact same thing. Um, this one they expect to get rid of the uh, ACA's individual and employer mandates, remove the medical device tax. Um, the Democrats have done their own little CBO score, and they think it's going to have between 15 and 16 million people without insurance. So while well, I guess that's better than 24 million, it's still pretty bad. Yeah. Let's see if we can get that down to zero people losing their insurance, and then we're talking. Yeah, I mean, they're there to help people and taking stuff away from 16 million people, 15 million people, 24 million people, 22, 20, any, anything that has a million at the end, not good. Anything that has a thousand on the end, not good. Uh, and Trump, I mean, we're, we're going to do a lot of Trump's tweets today, but he just really gets on his bully pulpit and just starts trying to, in his own way, pressure these senators. I don't think it's going to work. He says uh, he's very sad that some of these Republicans, and even some of the ones that he carried over the finish line on his back, uh, do little to protect the president. You know, they're not there to protect them. They're there to protect their their constituents. He basically threatens them that there are going to be repercussions far greater than anybody understands. Um, he loves to make, make these veiled threats, um, make these dumb comments with question marks on the end thinking it's okay. Um, I'm pretty sure people people in his administration, we know for a fact, we'll talk about that, are getting sick of him. I think people in the Senate are getting sick. There was actually a hot mic this week um, between a couple of senators, and they were basically calling him crazy, and one of them was from his own party. Yeah, well, what, what more can you say? Donald Trump is not even really a Republican. Donald Trump is in it for himself. And what boosts his ego, what makes him look good. So partisanship, we've become hyper-partisan, but that may not even matter here. It's bigger than that. It transcends partisanship. It's what is good, what is uh, right for the American people. And you think – you look at President Obama. He was out there trying to whip up the votes, going to states where the senators may be on the fence and trying to meet with people, have big rallies and try to push it over the edge. He didn't go to West Virginia and do anything. You know, Capito uh, voted for it yesterday, did not vote uh, today, uh, which was a step in the right direction. She, she made sure those repeals didn't go through. But still, if he went to these states where people were on the fence and really had uh, them get excited about it and put pressure on these senators, maybe these things would have passed. But, you know, he he wants to sit back and just yell at people and watch Fox News in his bathrobe while tweeting. He doesn't want to actually get out there. He like he likes going to places where people like him and uh, any place that maybe isn't as welcome. I mean, he, we already know he doesn't want to go to London unless uh, they can make sure that it's going to be a nice, warm welcome. He doesn't even want to do that in the states either. He'd rather just sit there and uh, chill out. It's all just like he's still campaigning. Where can he have a big uh, rally and get people to wave signs and clap and? Hoot and holler, and that's not governing. It certainly is not. So uh, we, we spoke at the beginning of the show about some departures. I'm telling you, Kevin, I am absolutely heartbroken. Last Friday, uh, it, I, I wore black all weekend because I was so sad. Our boy, Sean Spicy Spicer, has finally resigned. Uh, six months pretty much to the day of his infamous largest crowd Period. I remember you were sitting in my basement we were watching this. We couldn't believe what was going on. And then I went on to get the flu and give your entire family the flu. So it was a very memorable night all around. Well, except for me. I was spared. <laughs> I did not get the flu. My wife and my two children, yes, they, they became ill. But uh, I somehow survived to take care of them all. And that night, it was really the first time I ever saw Sean Spicer. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy looks insane. And over the months, I kind of learned to love that insanity. It was rep it was appointment viewing when it was on TV or, or on C-SPAN. I had to watch Spicy every day and just see what, what would he say next. Um, 
reportedly, though, what they're saying is the, the straw that broke the camel's back was that Trump hired uh, a guy by the name of Anthony Scaramucci. We'll talk about him in a second as the new communications director. And uh, Spicer didn't want him there. Bannon, we hear, didn't want him. Nobody wanted him there. And from what I heard, Spicer uh, was going to, or according to Trump, what he would have liked was Spicer stay on, do all the hard work, and and Scaramucci would have just been, you know, on TV and done kind of the easy stuff. And I, I think Spicer said, you know what? No, I stands all I could stands, and I can't stands no more. Well, perhaps the saddest thing here is. What will Melissa McCarthy do without her side gig at Saturday Night Live? I, I think she should just start dressing up as Scaramucci now. Why not? Just keep it going. Perhaps. I mean, there could be something to that. You know, I get the sense that nobody really likes the guy to this point in the administration. Um, then again, he didn't care for Donald Trump at first. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so much for draining the swamp, President Trump. This is a former Goldman Sachs investment banker that you're bringing on board to Deliver your message, which, to my knowledge, was that, you know, the swamp needed to be drained and, and that the money in politics was bad. But, you know, this is not necessarily the way to do it, I wouldn't think. And certainly someone like Scaramucci, who didn't always see eye to eye with many of your opinions. Well, it's, you know, it's no longer drain the swamp. Now he's like, you know, maybe I should have said drain the sewer, which I think would be much easier because, you know, if you have a sewer system going, you can close off the pipes and, and move things, but that's neither here nor there. Um, according to Spicer, he thinks that Scaramucci's hiring is just going to add to the confusion and uncertainty around the White House. Um, Spicer's actually being replaced by Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who, you know, that's no biggie. She's been the default press secretary for the last month or two. I actually watched her first official press briefing today, and she's very good at just repeating over and over and over again the talking points of the White House, but she really didn't have that much to say. Um, even when the questions like, made sense, she'd be like, I already answered the question. And like, well, you actually didn't. Perhaps they were looking for more of this Southern charm. Yeah, you know, she tried. Oh, God. She started, I think this is going to be a new thing they're doing every day now or every press conference. They start reading letters from a constituent. Today it was from a nine year old boy named Dylan, who everybody calls Pickle. And. She, this this person, Dylan, this kid, had a Trump-themed birthday party with a cake like the MAGA hat. Um, doesn't understand you know, what what the problem is with Trump, why everybody's so angry. Uh, although people online were like, first of all, why are they bringing this up in a in a press briefing? Two, how long do we find out like Trump wrote this letter or something? <laughs> the way things go, he already pretends to be his assistant. I, I We can just see Picklegate is what they're calling it already. Well, there's a question of whether or not Trump's actual reading level is somewhere that of a nine-year-old. If you look at the letter and the handwriting, I guess it very well could, could have been coming for the president. I don't know. So uh, Spicer told friends, you know, he's just tired of being blindsided by Trump. We've seen this time and time again that they would ask him a question. He'd be like... I've told you the answer. This is the answer, period. And then Trump would tweet out something that totally contradicts what Spicer has to say. Um, and one of the reasons for what they're saying is that Spicer, uh, that Spicer moved the press briefings off air. Uh, not even, I mean, I guess they were doing some just audio only, but for the most part, you couldn't find him on C-SPAN anymore. It's because he was tired of being yelled at by Trump um, when they would call Trump out on his ridiculous things. So rather than getting yelled at, he just took him off the air. And that's a pretty sad thing to do, that if you're going to you know, take away the transparency just because you're afraid of being yelled at by your boss, well, then maybe he made the right move by resigning. Sure, I would say. But could you imagine working for the man, especially no. as spokesperson? 
You, can you imagine putting yourself out there, your neck on the line, day in and day out, being the face and the voice of the president, who clearly logic and reason play no part in the decision making? I feel bad for Spicer. I really do because he gave up his credibility. He's going to be – I mean I'm sure he'll get a job as a lobbyist or, or working for some firm. will be fine. But he will be laughed at until his – I mean it will be in his obituary that this whole thing happened. And the second he was out, the Trump people online on, on Twitter were kicking him saying he was too soft. He was good to the fake news. He just told them to shut up. I mean they're already just – they eat their own. We've said this time and time again. And this guy gave six months of his life. So it must have seemed like a lifetime to to him. Um, he'll never totally recover, I don't think, professionally and maybe not psychologically after dealing with it. And the people that he was doing this for have already just basically said, don't let the door hit you on the way out. It's sad. And as you said, eat, they seem to eat their own. And we've got more to talk about that uh, coming up. But they certainly do seem to quickly turn on each other, to say the least. And if you're not with us, you're against us. Uh, and I, I had to laugh whenever I thought about him leaving because, you know, he did not have a very – well, he had a very interesting relationship, I would say, um, with the press. Uh, he was able to joke around with them, but they, they would call him out on his nonsense. To me, it reminds me of Nixon's kind of farewell speech when he was uh, governor that, you know, you don't have Nixon to kick around anymore because, gentlemen, this is my last press conference. And I can just imagine uh, Spicer saying that and being like, spicy out. I can just see him saying spicy out, getting on top of the moving pedestal or uh, podium that, that McCarthy had just getting the hell out of D.C. Because, man, he, if anybody needs a vacation and not to be seen on Twitter or walking around, it's him. Just get out of their clear mind and come back and start over. So on that note, on to Scaramucci. Scaramucci. Scaramucci, Scaramucci, can you do this? I told you, I read that that was, um, even though obviously it's a different word than Scaramucci's name, uh, the lyrics to that song and that word in particular, uh, the Google searches went up by over 8,000%, so everybody had kind of the same the same idea, which is fantastic. So he's the new communications director. As you mentioned, he's a Wall Street financier. Dude looks like he came straight out of Central Casting for the next uh, Scorsese movie. Like, hey, you know, well, what are you going to do? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but a bing, but a boom, you know? They call hey. me the mooch, the mooch. The mooch. They call me the, they call me the mooch. I mean, people are saying, and I actually agree with this, that the way that Scaramucci handles himself and looks and sounds is probably what Trump thinks is going on when he looks in the mirror or thinks about how he's doing things. I mean, yes, Scaramucci is full of crap, but he's a little smoother than, than Trump is. Well, according to Chris Saliza over at CNN, he calls him Trump's mini-me, <laughs> uh, quoting him saying, we're going to win so much, you're actually going to get tired of winning, uh, which he said to uh, Chris Cuomo on CNN's New Day, which is a almost verbatim quote from a Trump campaign rally in Montana back in May of 2016 is modeling himself, it would seem to be, after the president. It may have been The Daily Show. It may have been one of the late night shows. I can't remember which one it was. They put video of Trump and Scaramucci the other day side by side. Scaramucci has definitely been practicing all of Trump's hands movements because he literally has them down pat. He's doing the exact same hand movements. And I can't believe that's just a coincidence. He probably knows if, if I look like Trump, if I sound like Trump, Trump, and I tell Trump he's great, he'll like me. Uh, Steve Bannon was against hiring Scaramucci. Rance Priebus was not consulted on this. He was against it. But Jared Ivanka were pushing for it. And there's already talk that Scaramucci might be taking Rance Priebus's job because they think Rance Priebus is the establishment. He sucks. Get him out of there. Get this Wheeler dealer Scaramucci and have him take things over. I'm sure it'll just be wonderful. 
That's what America's all about, wheeling and dealing. Hey, you know, if uh, if I have to step on you to get your job, well, that's just how things go. Uh, and, and they asked uh, Scaramucci, you know, do you work for Rance Priebus? Is he your boss? And he said, well, the president says I answer to him, but I like I like Rance, and, uh, you know, if I work for him, it would be fine. But it wasn't really an answer, so – um, Priebus, man, I, again, I, I can't say I feel bad for him, but I kind of feel bad for him that he's just probably floating in the wind right now. And the way Trump, and we'll talk about this with Jeff Sessions, the way Trump handles these things is that if he doesn't want you anymore, he doesn't get rid of you. He just kind of stops including you in things, even if you are the chief of staff. And that can't happen. I mean, I watched the West Wing. I never would imagine this stuff happening there. I'll tell you that much. Not only does he, he stop including you, they start to shun you and then they destroy your life. Yeah, you know, uh, so much. So, what if you gave your life for six months, for a year, forever? If you're on the campaign with us, uh, we'll just kick you to the curb and forget you even existed, and spit on you if you ask us for for pocket change. Um, as we mentioned, Scaramucci looks like his main role is to be on TV and just defending things, but he's not very good at that. I mean, I, I saw him on a show on Sunday, and they asked him, you know. What's Trump's thoughts on this? He goes, I can't speak for the president, but you're the communications director. That's literally your job is to speak for the president. And you can't just go out there and say, I don't know. Um, and I want to bring up, so he was on Jack uh, Jack Tapper's show the other day. And this is this is absolutely ridiculous. Skirmichu said, somebody said to me yesterday, and I won't tell you who, that the Russians actually, if they the Russians actually hacked us, uh, you know, we would never know because they're that good. And uh, Tapper kind of pressed him, like, who said this? Who is this mystery person, this anonymous person that said that? And he finally said it was the president. That's ridiculous. And, and he's the one that's supposed to stop the leaks? Oh, man, it's it's it really is just crazy. And then they ask, you know, what does Trump feel about Russia doing these doing these attacks? And he goes, eh, maybe they did it, maybe they didn't. It's again, it's like a like a mafia guy, you know. Uh, did you did you see Joey Two Toes walking down the street yesterday? Yeah, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know, you know. What are you gonna do? It's it's mm, just, just what I want in my in my White House. Yeah, you know, we, we these kind of these kind of guys are funny to watch on like the Sopranos. I don't want them being one of the most powerful people in the United States. He's also made some really odd comments um, about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, and he tried to take them back. And Sanders actually made a joke about it today. But you know, she was noticeably dolled up on on Friday. She had a lot of makeup on and was in a very nice dress, more than we've seen in the past when she comes on there. And he said in one of the shows, you know, Sarah, if you're watching, I love the hair and makeup person that we had on Friday. So let's continue to use that hair and makeup person. He goes, well, you know, I like hair and makeup. So the joke was more about me. But no, he was making a comment about how she looked. And again, if that was Sean Spicer, I don't think he would have been making those same comments. Well, there again, we have another Trump trait. Judging hey. women based on their looks. I mean, let's be honest. We all do it a little bit, and I'm sure women judge men on their looks. But when it comes to this level of government, these jobs, and when you're on camera, no, no, no. You don't do that. It's not good. What do you think about the nickname, the mooch? The mooch. Well, to me, where I come from, a mooch is somebody who is you know, always like bumming money off of you, you know, living off of your, your wealth. So uh, to me, that has a negative connotation, but uh, he's the mooch. The mooch. Maybe he'll be like spicy. We'll like him. Yeah, yeah hey, we might. You know what I'm saying? I, I think of Cab Calloway singing Minnie the Moocher. It always goes through my mind. It should be his theme song. <laughs> um, so on Saturday, I was just screwing around online and ended up at BuzzFeed, and they were saying how uh, the Mooch announced that he was deleting some old tweets, not because you know he's trying to hide anything, he's being transparent, but he's evolved. He has different ideas, doesn't want them to be distractions. And here are a couple of the things that the new communications director, and who knows, maybe soon to be the new chief of staff to President Trump, had said when he deleted. One, 
The fact that many people still believe climate change is a hoax is disheartening. Hmm. Something tells me the current EPA head and the current president wouldn't like that. Seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, everything here seems reasonable. That's what's so weird. Um, two, regarding the blocking of gun laws, I don't support that legislation. Never have. I've always been for strong gun control. Hmm. Not a very Republican talking point. Not at all. Three, I'm not partisan for gay marriage against death penalty and pro-choice. I am for social inclusion, fiscal responsibility. This kind of sounds what I used to be like back in my younger days. Shades of libertarianism. Yeah, yeah. Regarding Paul Ryan, I side with liberals on most on most social issues, so he disagreed with what Paul Ryan was doing. So he was talking poorly about the Speaker of the House and saying that he, you know, with half the issues out there, he sides with the liberals. Hmm. And then he said also, follow all terror roads. They lead not just to Damascus, but also to Moscow. Hmm. Is that relevant to what's going on today? Interesting. Um, Republicans should should support gay marriage. Hmm. Um, he mentioned he voted for Obama. Hmm. And finally, he said walls don't work. Never have, never will. And had a picture of the Berlin Wall there. That's the one that really hits home. He basically said walls won't work, and that's what your what your president, what his president, what his boss ran on. So as we see with these tweets, uh, Scaramucci has previously been seen as liberal on most of the social issues, and he even served as a fundraiser for Barack Obama during his 2008 presidential campaign. So clearly that doesn't seem to line up too well with the Trump administration, but how quickly the tables turn when there is opportunity. Yeah, if there's room for advancement, there's room for power, there's room for money, hey, you know what, I'm in Washington, D.C., let me throw away my ideals, let me throw away my integrity, and I'll take the job. I mean, hell, less than two years ago, back in 2015, he was on Fox Business, and he said that Trump's comments were anti-American, was, were crazy rhetoric, or was crazy rhetoric. Um, he didn't like how he talked about women and his friend, Megyn Kelly. Uh, unlike politicians, he's not afraid to make these comments to Trump and said, bring it on, Donald. He basically threatened Donald Trump, bring it on, you know, say it to my face. And now he's, uh, you know, on a, a capitulating to him, which is really just sad and ridiculous. Exactly. Bending to power. And, and it shows how corrupting power can sometimes be. And it's amazing how these people set, tend to evolve when there's room for career advancement. You know, if, mm. if if something tells me that if Trump had not won, if Hillary had won, he wouldn't have, have evolved in any way, shape, or form. Not likely, that's for sure. So under the, the beleaguered Attorney General Jeff Sessions, Trump has officially thrown Jeff Sessions under the bus. I was talking to some people today, and I said, if you're defending Jeff Sessions— God, you know, things have gone off the rail. Um, Jeff Sessions was the first person to back Donald Trump. I mean, when everybody was saying he was crazy, Sessions was, was his first backer. Um, he gave up a safe Senate seat, a lot of seniority in the Senate to work for Trump. And uh, Trump doesn't seem to care. And Trump doesn't really think much of him supporting him back when nobody else was, which is just sad. So really, uh, I have two things to say. One is that the same bus that uh, Jeff Sessions, a.k.a. Forrest Gump, was waiting for on the park bench. <laughs> and two, this is really all because Sessions recused himself and couldn't help keep the special prosecutor from investigating Russian collusion. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, I'll give – I mean he was forced into doing it, so I won't give him that much credit. But I'll give him some credit that, yes, recusing yourself was the right thing to do. 
And Trump doesn't like when people do the right thing. He likes when they do what he wants. Uh, on Twitter, he was tweeting out things like, uh, so why aren't the committees and investigators and, of course, a beleaguered attorney general looking into crooked Hillary's crimes and Russia relations? Attorney General Jeff Sessions has taken a very weak position on Hillary Clinton's crimes. Um, Ukraine – this one makes no sense. Ukraine efforts to sabotage Trump campaign, quietly working to boost Clinton. So where is our investigating attorney general? And then finally – why didn't Attorney General Sessions replace acting FBI Director Andrew McCabe, a friend of Comey, who was in charge of the Clinton investigation? First of all, that's all just a flat-out lie. Um, he likes to push that that Clinton gave a lot of money to McCabe's wife. That didn't happen. Uh, Terry McAuliffe, who's the governor of Virginia, he is friends with the Clintons. Uh, his PAC gave money to McCabe's wife when she was running. Uh, and by the way, none of this would have happened if he hadn't fired Comey. So it's not like they had forethought this was going to happen. It's just Trump's demented worldview. And it's kind of sad that he's making flat-out lies. I, mean, I can't believe – I guess you can't, can't sue the president, or maybe you can, but he's saying – you know, I don't know whether it's libel or whether it's a uh, I don't know what you would call it, but it's it's insane. Well, Mr. President, I'll tell you why they are not investigating Hillary Clinton right now, because as you like to point out, she did not win the election. You are the sitting president of the United States. And it seems that perhaps there was some illegal activity between your campaign and the Russian government. No. And it need be looked into. If Hillary Clinton had won under similar circumstances, then she should be looked into as well. But you right now, my my president, I oh, the, the words just get caught. I can't even get them out. <laughs> you are in the White House and under sketchy circumstances. That's why you're being investigated. Face the music. You know, I read an article on Politico today, speaking of the election that he won, uh, that 50% of Trump supporters believe that Trump won the the popular vote. Now, I don't understand that because, as we all know, the popular vote doesn't matter. It's the electoral vote that matters, and Trump won. I, I don't know anybody who's saying Trump didn't win that. So what's the problem of just looking at the facts on paper and saying Trump lost the popular vote, but he won the vote that counts? I, I just don't understand what kind of – I mean – I, I can understand to a certain very small degree why some people had some problems with the media and thought some news was fake. But the degree that they're spinning this fake news stuff, it's just insane. What do you believe? You believe the things that agree with what you agree with and everything else is fake news. Uh, enough is enough. It's time to move on. Either that or it's size envy. Whether, what, your hands? or Yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like, something like that. Um, and just remember... If Trump will throw Jeff Sessions under the bus, he'll throw anybody under the bus. I mean, I don't even trust that he wouldn't throw, I mean, maybe Ivanka safe, but Jared, you know, he's not blood. He'll throw him under the bus if need be. Yeah, could see that coming soon, depending on what uh, Mr. Kushner has to say when speaking with Senate uh, investigators. Yeah, it's, it's going to be ugly if that stuff comes out. Um, so Sessions, I don't know if Sessions is going to leave. It doesn't sound like he's going to resign. I read an article that he's pissed off at the president, and he should be. Uh, I think the article says uh, Sessions has no plans on resigning and no plans on talking to Trump. I don't know if that means not talking to Trump about resigning or just not talking to him in general. But uh, Trump likes to be this big tough guy who goes on TV and says you're fired. But his his M.O. recently has just been making these people's lives miserable and hoping they resign, which it doesn't sound like, like Sessions is going to do. I think he's just going to suck it up and make Trump. 
don't fire him. Some of the names that have come up to replace him were Rudy Giuliani, but Giuliani is with Sessions on the recusal. He thinks that's appropriate, so I don't know what the point of bringing him in, him in would be. And yesterday I read an article on uh, from The Hill that said Ted Cruz the possibility, and God help us if that happens. Ted Cruz, first of all, everybody in Washington, D.C., it's the one thing that brings them together is just their hatred for Ted Cruz. This is the guy who is working for a man who calls his wife ugly publicly and basically accused his father of killing Kennedy. And if this spineless weasel, uh, Cruz, will work for a guy who did that, I mean, I don't, I don't want him being the top cop in the United States. Yeah, certainly. Uh, excellent point. You know, many Republicans even cannot stand the side of Ted Cruz. So that could be uh, <laughs> could have devastating effects. I heard some story about how he tried to get uh, George W. Bush to support him during the primaries, which is idiotic because, I don't know, his brother was running for president as well. But reportedly when he when he left, W. was just like, God, I don't like that guy. Like he just That's just kind of sense when you meet with him. You're just like, God, I don't like – his college roommate, I think, is a comedian. I heard him on a couple uh, podcasts saying he's just a miserable human being. He doesn't like him. So, And, and you just mentioned uh, Kushner. And, you know, it's for months and months and months, the whole Trump gaggle has been been denying any talks with Russia. You know, we didn't talk to Russia. We didn't meet with anybody from Russia. And then, oops, Sessions met with some people who had to recuse himself. Then Don Jr. met with them, had some emails come out. He's in trouble. Now we have Jared, who Monday confirmed that, you know, perhaps he met with uh, uh, Russians on four different times during the 2016 campaign or during the transition. This includes two meetings with a Russian ambassador and meeting with the head of a Russian state-owned bank and, of course, Don Jr.'s meetings. But I swear he swears, and I, I believe him, don't you? That there was nothing shady going on in these meetings, nothing improper. I'm sure it was all on the up and up. Oh, why shouldn't we believe him? You know, he seems like a good guy, and it's not like anything bad could come of this. Yeah, you know, uh, he's, again, he, we said he's not blood. He's not a liar like the Trumps. He's his own man. Uh, he's, he said that I did not collude. It's kind of like, you know, I didn't have sexual relations with that woman. I did not collude, nor know of anyone else in the campaign who colluded with any foreign government. But again, he's not saying it didn't happen. He's just like, I don't know. Th- this administration loves to play stupid. I didn't know. Or eh, that's not an excuse. I can't drive down the highway at 200 miles an hour and hit people and go, I didn't know that happened. I didn't know that was illegal. You know, it's against the law. It's against the law. Well, it's funny you should mention that Kushner is not a Trump by blood and therefore not a liar. Kushner's father actually spent time in prison Uh-oh. for uh, some some dealings that went on with, uh, I believe it was his uncle. He had his uncle set up, hired a prostitute to catch him in the act and <laughs> a whole sour business deal between the two of them. And Kushner's father went to jail for it. So, you know, maybe there's something in, in that bloodline. Hey, you know, nobody's perfect since the father. So Kushner met behind closed doors yesterday with the House Intelligence Committee, and to nobody's surprise, Trump started attacking Representative Adam Schiff, who's a lead Democrat in that committee, and said, Sleazy Adam Schiff, the totally biased congressman looking into Russia, spends all of his time on television pushing the Dem loss excuse. He has people, like we just said, Scaramucci, whose main job is to be on TV. So for him to push other people to be on TV too much, it's just, again, crazy. We, we, we actually were surprised every single time we bring up these things, and I guess we shouldn't be anymore. But I just I, – I hope for the best, and when I see this insanity, I just realize maybe I'm hoping too much. Well, we can always have hope. Uh, you know, concerning to me in this is, according to an article by Matt Apuzo and Maggie Haberman at New York Times – Jared Kushner described himself as a political and foreign policy neophyte that met with Russians as part of a hectic and unconventional campaign and not as part of a plot to steer the election. 
uh, when he was being questioned uh, by the Senate uh, House Intelligence Committee. And to me, it's part of this whole plan with Kushner and Trump Jr. to to put these kids as kids like, oh, they're good boys. They, they didn't know. They just they're they're young. They don't know what they're doing. No, these are grown men who are choosing to make bad decisions of which there are repercussions for the entirety of the United States of America. So we need to hold them accountable. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like Sasha and Malia. Those are kids. Uh, Don Jr. is 39 years old. I don't know how Kushner is, but if you're old enough to be in charge of the Middle Eastern peace process, you're old enough to be a man, and you're old enough to take responsibility for when you do these things you're not supposed to be doing. I'm pretty sure conservatives were all over the Obamas when Malia was caught with pot. Yeah. Could you imagine if Barbara uh, Bush... You know, the, the younger one had been doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, would, I mean, Chelsea Clinton, we know they love to go after Chelsea. Any of these people, the kids who are kind of adults or teenagers, but no, no, no. Don Jr. is a man. Ivanka is a woman. Eric Trump, I guess, is a man as well. Tiffany, we she's she's making out the best here. She's just not getting involved and keeping her mouth shut. She was uh, looked at, at probably the bottom of the barrel when this all started, but she's going to come out smelling like roses, I think. Or so not. Marla we'll Maples jeans she's got, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Marla's smarter than Ivana. Well, before we go any further, we want to share a little tidbit from fellow podcast on the Ace Podcast Network. So let's take it away, guys. Breaking news. Good afternoon, everyone. My name's DK, and I'm the host of Vaguely Accurate, here to deliver you this breaking news story. Vaguely Accurate is the science show inoculating against misinformation. By now, I'm sure you've all heard of the term fake news. We are here combating this movement by delivering you real news from real researchers. Many are Australian, others are not. However, they all have this in common. They're telling you their story about their research in their own words. Vaguely Accurate is the science show with its ear on the ground. Join us and learn on the Ace Podcast Network or check us out on vaguelyaccurate.com. Hey, this next section here, I just named... General Trump insanity, because he's gone on some insane Twitter rants. So I'm just going to read some of the things he said and get your opinions on this. The first one just happened today, and Twitter online, it's just blown up, and I think rightly so. Um, Whether you agree with it or not, this is not the place to be discussing this, in in my opinion. Um, He tweeted out that, after consultation with my generals and military experts, please be advised the United States government will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the U.S. military. Our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victories and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical cost and disruption that transgender in the military would entail. Caitlyn Jenner came out about this, which kind of actually pissed me off because Caitlyn Jenner has been a uh, backer of Trump. And it's kind of like those, you know, and they came for me and there was nobody else left. You know, she had no problem when he was railing against immigrants or anything. But now something that affects her, she comes out. Uh, during Sarah Huckabee Sanders's uh, press conference today, they kept asking, what about people who are transgendered who are currently in the military? Are they going to be fired? Are they going to be without a job? What's going on? And Sanders is like, well, you know, uh, the president has to talk to the department of defense about how to proceed and like well when something of this magnitude is announced shouldn't that all be taken care of already and that's when she just kept repeating the same talking points over and over again she could have just come out and said our idiot president uh, made an announcement without actually having anything in place and now people are sitting around wondering do i have a job how am i going to make ends meet is a president who promised to be better for lgbt issues than better than hillary was going to be now turning his back on us i think we know the answer to all that is of course he's turning his back on you well, this is certainly 
disappointing uh, for the LGBTQ community. And more importantly, it's it's classless, it's tasteless, especially coming from a president who himself, when he had the opportunity to serve his country back during the Vietnam War, chose not to. That you're going to denigrate people who will have the desire and the ability to defend the United States of America, but simply because of who they are, he's going to deny them that right. And he really should be saying no transgendered and no rich people in the military for totally different reasons. But yeah, it's 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 kind of just sad that uh, I would like to hear some of these military experts and see what H.R. McMaster has to say about this and what his reasoning is. Uh, there's actually um, a transgendered woman that came out – I can't think of her name. I was just reading an article who – it has a bronze star, I think, purple heart, um, other other thing, and you know, hasn't been a problem for her. So uh, you know, we'll have to see how this goes forward. He also came out today, and you know, this is more personal to me. You know, I'm not very religious. In all caps, said, "In America, we don't worship government; we worship God." And I said, "Well, you know, this is a democracy, not a theocracy, so we don't. People within the country can choose." to worship God, but uh, it's not a mandate like he's making it sound. Well, I think that even to those who are religious, and, and myself, I'm somewhere in between, that that is not what America is about. The freedom to worship in your own way is what America is about. And, and we don't, we do, what we worship is democracy. We worship that freedom and your freedom of choice to be able to worship whatever God or creator or lack thereof that you choose. You know, whether you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, that is separate from being American. You can be an American who worships God in that way. You can be an American who doesn't worship God. You can be an American who worships, worships you know, an, an, a, a, not one of the major three religion gods. I mean, that's your right. You said it is a democracy. And that's what we should be proud of. So the fact that he just pushes these things, I personally, because I'm not very religious, found that a little offensive. Um, so moving on, he said, you know, Jared did very well yesterday in provided, in proving that he did not collude with the Russians. Witch hunt. Next up, 11-year Baron Trump. So what is he saying? The government's going to go after, or the media's going to go after Baron Trump next? It's just bizarre to bring. He, he'll complain that people will talk about this and bring his son into that when he's the person who just brought his 11-year-old son into the conversation. He will sell anyone up the river. He will. Um, last two things I want to talk about here under this section. Uh, he brought up the failing, the failing New York Times and the he calls it now the Amazon Washington Post because Jeff Bezos owns Amazon and owns Washington Post. He accuses them of trying to lobby against taxes. They did have lobbyists at one point, but now they pay uh, sales taxes on their stuff. It's just he just blathers on and on. And to me, it's extremely irresponsible when you say flat out lies about companies in America. Um, I I just think it's wrong. I, I again I don't understand how he can just get away with lies because he's the president. Um, that can if I said that about if I was an important person and said these things I would be being sued right now. But he gets away with it because he's President Trump. Well, and even prior to being president, he's had years of uh, practice and expertise in finding loopholes and ways around the law to suit his business needs. I mean, look at the Central mm -hmm. Park Five and what he did to them. Yeah, it's that's that's the kind of stuff that's insane that you. Basically, I mean, this is America. We are innocent to proving guilty unless you are somebody that Donald Trump doesn't like. Then you are guilty immediately. And if you're innocent later on, 
Well, you know, and, and again, that's that's not necessarily a partisan thing. I've seen a lot of people on the on the, the Democrat side do the same thing. It's one of my problems with people like uh, like uh, Jesse Jackson and people of his ilk. Al Sharpton, uh, they, your favorite. Al Sharpton, yes, Al Sharpton. You know, well, you know, but the whole Twana Brawley thing. You, they ruined people, or the or the was it was it North Carolina or the no, the Duke, Duke lacrosse Duke team. Lacrosse yeah, you know, they demonize these people, and forever you look up Duke lacrosse team or this guy's name, they're going to be down as rapists because uh, the the thing that says "Oops, sorry," they were found innocent is on you know page like 20 so uh whether you're republican or democrat liberal conservative i don't like when people accuse people of things that aren't true because uh, you're ruining people's lives and there's oftentimes not enough repercussions so. again facts and truth do matter mm-hmm. these things are important to us uh finally uh, he confirmed apparently on twitter a covert CIA program to arm Syrian le- uh, rebels against Assad. Um, people were wondering where the hell this was coming from. Apparently, Tucker Carlson talked about it. So he was sitting, again, in his home in his bathroom uh, watching Tucker Carlson and then decided to start tweeting about it. It's really ridiculous. And that's, again, extremely irresponsible if you're tweeting these things out and not getting the okay from the CIA. This is the man with the nuclear codes, folks. God help us. Someone was saying also the guy in charge of nuclear codes is actually um, Rick Perry – because the, the Department of Energy and that dude doesn't even know, you know, which way is up half the time, and he's in charge of the. I mean, he wanted to get rid of the DOE, and it, it's just, it's just sad. See him taking um, pictures with his cell phone behind Trump at a speech the other day. Yeah. These are our leaders, folks. He was my governor for three years. Yeah, but you didn't vote for him, did you? Did you, did you, oh, did you tell no. me? Did you vote for Kinky Friedman? Kinky Friedman, all the way, baby. <laughs> Uh, um, you, you talked about this briefly early on in the podcast, John McCain, how he went back home. I uh, was having, we thought was, you know, minor surgery. It turns out yeah, he was diagnosed with uh, brain tumor and cancer. Um, despite the announcement, he has come back to DC. He was pretty passionate yesterday. Uh, it's, it's really, I, I read an article yesterday and I actually agree that I've seen it both ways that people are like, screw what he has to say. He voted for it. And the other people are saying, yes, what he said was fantastic. We should be listening to that and, and put away our partisan nonsense. Um, you got some texts yesterday, I think from somebody who was not necessarily a fan of John McCain. I've met him very briefly. I've seen him walk in the Senate halls when I worked in the Senate. Um, you know, I never really had a conversation with him. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on around John McCain? Well, John McCain, uh, I, I've always had kind of a, a love-hate relationship with. Um, I will say this. I have a lot of respect for the man who served his country, unlike our president, to be questioned uh, in his service by our president and other politicians who have campaigned against him in the past. Uh, how you can do that, I don't understand, because this man spent five years uh, as a POW, uh, gave of his his life and his health to serve this country as you know a member of our military and then as a member of our government. You know that is to be respected. And I remember also one of the first things I learned back as a political science student in the early 2000s was that McCain was a maverick. He's a maverick. He's long been seen as a maverick for McCain fine gold. Exactly. Being willing to break away from party politics to do what's right. And I respect that as well. And in the early days of the Trump presidency, he, along with some others, uh, have very few have come out and spoken uh, against the president on some of these really outlandish policy ideas. And, you know, despite the fact that, I, you know, I, I campaigned against him for, you know, President Obama in 2008, I've always had 
a certain amount of respect for him, and I certainly hope that he can stand up, if this is his last go-round, he can stand up against this Trump idiocy and do what's right for America. I mean, he was a guy that stood up for Obama when people were saying, you know, he wasn't American or he's a Muslim or all this stuff. He said, you know, shut up, that's stupid. Um, I mean, someone at the Huffington Post wrote an article, which I thought was, it's it's tough. I know this healthcare issue is very important, but relatively inappropriate. I think he's going to die in shame type thing because of that vote. But again, he voted today against the repeal and repeal and replace. So it's, I, I don't know. Um, McCain is somebody who you mentioned that Trump, you know, I like people who didn't get captured. And then yesterday was calling him a hero. God forbid he was going to call him tomorrow after he voted no. Um, I may not always res- uh, agree with his politics, but I respect him as a guy, a person, I guess. And, you know, I, I think he, to a certain degree, is an example of there should be, I don't want to say term limits, but, you know, get some fresh blood in there, though, after. 30 years or something, it's time to maybe move on and do something else. But he does have a lot of institutional knowledge. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I wish uh, McCain the best. I know it didn't work out so well for Ted Kennedy, but I get, and he, he's, he's an old guy. But we never know. Miracles do happen. So, so we'll find out. So before we go to Kevin's Corner, I think we want to make a special announcement to our listeners. Some big stuff happened in our lives that have to do with politics, and I figure I'll I'll let you go and talk about it, Kevin. Well, as former Speaker of the House and Representative from Massachusetts, Tip O'Neill once said, all politics is local. And Jesse and I have decided to heed that call to stand up and be the change that we wish to see in the world. And so as of yesterday evening... We have been nominated and accepted those nominations to run for our local town council and board of education. So we're going to be the guys who make a difference. And if you're going to make a difference, might as well do it with your best friend. Um, I know you have a couple of young children, so I think on the board of ed, you'll make a lot of changes that just won't affect the town. They'll affect your lives, the lives of your children, and the lives of all the other children that uh, we know or we see or who may be moving here in the future. So I think uh, that's really exciting. And I'm looking forward to hopefully getting on town council. I know there's a lot of people there who have been there for a while, but it's very partisan. And if you're in power, you're the people who decides what's happening, and there's very little discussion. I want to go in there with my handout ready to shake someone on the right, someone on the left, work together and make a difference because what matters in this town, the people, the community, we should all want what's best. It shouldn't be about partisan nonsense. It should be about what we're doing for this community. And I think together, uh, along with some other great people who are running on our slate, we can really make a difference in this town. And who knows, uh, the senators and governors of tomorrow are the local reps, the town councilmen, and the Board of Ed people of today. So you never know what tomorrow might hold. Certainly not. And I will tell you this. The 2016 election certainly sparked many people across this great country to get involved, to be the positive change, and understanding that that positive change really begins at the grassroots local level. So, you know, hopefully this is just a sign of things to come. Indeed. And on that note, Kevin, lay some Kevin's Corner on us. Well, Jesse, the argument over repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act has once again reached a crescendo, and it is truly irresponsible for the Republican-controlled Congress to repeal the law, regardless of its flaws, knowing it would result in upwards of 30 million people losing insurance coverage. Last night, the mayoral candidate at the top of our local ticket, a pediatric cardiologist by trade, made an important and keen observation as she accepted her nomination. 
She said that healthcare has become too much of a business and has dropped the idea of care from the word. Healthcare should be considered a right and not a privilege, as a number of other countries have decided through their government-funded healthcare programs. We should all remember that as a country, we are really only as strong as the least among us. We are all only a catastrophic event away from losing everything, including our health insurance coverage. Let us look out for others for once and fix only what is broken. Well said, Kevin. Everybody remember to go to our website at grabthembythepod.com and check out some of the other fantastic podcasts on the Ace Podcast Network at acepodcast.com. And after you do that, just remember we'll see you next time and looking forward to it. Thanks so much, Kevin. Later. Later.